What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well and having an absolutely amazing start to your day. Big shouts to all of you who are joining us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We absolutely positively appreciate all of your support. Big shouts to all of you who are joining us, obviously, here via podcast, whether you are subscribed to us on Spotify, Apple or Google, or it's your first time, welcome aboard. It is great to have you. If you are subscribed, would you be so kind as to leave us a message and a rating, letting people know what you think about the faction? If you're brand new, by all means, hit that subscribe button and follow us as well. So there is a lot to dig into, and I want to actually start with NXT. NXT 2.0 celebrated its one-year anniversary last night, and admittedly, there are going to be a few spoilers on here, so if you don't want spoilers, you may want to press pause, finish watching NXT, and come back to this podcast. If not, keep listening because there's a lot of news to talk about. So NXT 2.0 celebrated its one-year anniversary. If you'll remember, this time last year was a very interesting time in NXT. And indeed, what a difference a year makes. A year ago, a lot of us were admittedly quite sad. So we really have to go back about 14 months. That infamous interview that happened with Ariel Helwani and Nick Khan, when Nick Khan first started to tell us that WWE was no longer interested in hiring and recruiting folks from the indies, we then found out that there would be a facelift or a rebrand of NXT as we knew it. Now, NXT prior to this move last year was certainly doing some significant things. They were selling out arenas and the like. They ran into some challenges with the pandemic as just about every single wrestling company did. With that said, we would then see after the last NXT takeover that suddenly NXT was pre-recorded for three weeks, and then they would have a new look. The new look debuted a year ago, and that new look saw NXT move from black and gold to what I like to call the logo of many colors. When it moved to the logo of many colors, there was also a greater emphasis on NXT returning to its developmental stage. And there's long been a discussion over the last few years over whether or not NXT is really a developmental brand or if they are indeed the third brand. Who can forget? 2019, the campaign that Triple H went on to have NXT referred to as the third brand. Who can also forget November of 2019 when the bulk of the SmackDown roster was stuck in Saudi Arabia? Who came to the rescue but NXT setting up the first ever three brand or triple branded Survivor Series that really saw NXT walk away as winners of the Survivor Series? NXT Black and Gold was so significant and obviously had matured and grown. And it's really hard to call NXT Black and Gold developmental when they were selling out arenas, the same arenas that WWE pay-per-views or premium live events would be in the following night. So with all of that background, we go back to September of 2022. NXT 2.0 would be unveiled and in the first match we would see 
Braun Breaker make his debut and get a surprise win over L.A. Knight, now known as Max Dupree. By the end of the night, there was a fatal four-way to determine the then-vacant NXT Championship, which was vacated, ironically, by Samoa Joe, who was out on injury. Samoa Joe just returned to AEW last week, coming back, oddly enough, from injury as the ROH television champion. Now, back to NXT 2.0, which spent the last year introducing us to a lot of stars and really rebranding itself as developmental, without question. Introducing brand new stars that have been in the pipeline, and its attempt was to create a much smoother transition from the NXT brand into Raw and or SmackDown. So, this is a year's celebration of NXT 2.0. Now, admittedly, as a fan of black and gold, it was kind of difficult swallowing the pill that was 2.0. But over time, I think 2.0 got better, introduced us to and allowed us to see some very significant stars. It certainly marked the rebirth and really the maturation of Mandy Rose. We got to see toxic attraction become a thing. We also got to see the rise, of course, of Braun Breaker. We really saw Carmelo Hayes really become the A champion. We saw the introduction of Solo Sokoa and several other incredible stars that have become significant names in NXT and in the WWE universe. So this was a celebration of all of those things. And so as we look at the results from last night, it kicked off with a tag team title match. And the tag team title match was determined by the fans to be a cage match that saw Pretty Deadly successfully retain against the Creed Brothers after interference from Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp and his war against Diamond Mine right now is pretty intriguing for sure. Fallon Henley defeated Lash Legend. We saw Toxic Attraction have quite the promo before being interrupted by Alba Fire, the former Kaylee Ray, who is certainly making a play right now to battle for the NXT Women's Championship. We also saw the debut of Quincy Elliott, the Super Diva. And I'll park right here because it was a couple of weeks ago that we saw the first promo for Quincy Elliott, which caused a lot of people to to have a lot of conversation at the time it seemed as though he would be a heel perhaps as certainly his time in nxt level up was as a heel however they gave him a bit of a facelift and uh the people love him he's had great great charisma great great response a great new outfit as well and so i'm intrigued to get your thoughts on quincy elliott but he has officially made his nxt debut Things continued as Joe Gacy jumped in as the tag team partner for Cameron Grimes to defeat Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo. Another great tag team saw Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons defeat Kiana James and Ariana Grace. And I'll just say this, the team of Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons was supposed to debut during the WWE Women's Tag Team Tournament, but an injury to Zoe Stark prevented that. I will say that I actually really, really like this tag team, and I think they could really be contenders for the NXT 
Women's Tag Team Championships. Hank Walker made his debut, defeating Javier Bernal. And then Carmelo Hayes was supposed to defend the NXT North American Championship against Wes Lee. However, he and Trick Williams would attack Wes Lee, leaving him seemingly without an opponent until the music hits of Solo Sokoa, the same Solo Sokoa that just debuted on SmackDown last week and made his presence felt and known as the newest member of the bloodline, preventing Drew McIntyre from becoming the undisputed champion. Well, as fate would have it, Solo Sokoa becomes the man to defeat Carmelo Hayes to become the new NXT North American champion, which now leaves a lot of questions. Will the NXT North American championship now travel over to SmackDown? Is Solo Sokoa still committed to NXT? Has the bloodline actually now infiltrated NXT? What's going to happen? Pretty crazy moment to say the least. Big win for Solo Sokoa. And now the next question is, what's the future of Carmelo Hayes? Does this mean Carmelo Hayes is on his way, perhaps, to SmackDown or Raw? Or will he once again pursue the North American Championship or maybe even the NXT Championship? As many have argued that he is the face of NXT more so than Braun Breaker. And I think it's interesting to note that in the last three or four weeks, Carmelo Hayes has actually main evented the show more than Braun Breaker. In fact, Braun Breaker was not even in person on this show. He was in an interview, but never made it into the ring. So very interesting times, but perhaps as big as all of those things were, was the go-home announcement literally in the last two minutes of NXT. Shawn Michaels would announce via a wonderfully put-together package that NXT has always been a developmental space and it is always a space to develop and prepare us for the stars of the future. And so with that said, NXT 2.0 in the final moment of that show lost the 2.0 decided on colors no longer the logo of many colors they are returning to a revamped black and gold and it does my heart good. So once again, Triple H is out here righting all of the wrongs, certainly of the last year and change, one of them being taking NXT and returning it to its black and gold glory. That is of extreme excitement to me. I don't think there were too many people that really were able to connect to the logo of many colors, but let's just face it, NXT black and gold means something very special. And with Shawn Michaels at the creative helm of NXT, we've got something special. So, I guess as we said goodbye to NXT UK, we can officially say goodbye to NXT 2.0 and return to the NXT that we both know and love. Exciting, exciting, exciting times for the world of NXT. So, with that said, now it's time to talk about the list. That's right. The PWI 500 list has been released. We're going to tell you all about it when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? 
Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Hey, wow. How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. District presents Championship Wrestling Sunday, September 18th with matches such as Carly Bravo versus Anthony Agogo. Top Team takes on Exotic Youth. The Business with Jersey Mike versus the Nasty Team with Nasty Leroy. Shoot Taylor takes on Dylan Lesson. Hyena Hura versus Kaya Dream. Barry Morales and Hayden Backlund take on Dave Stage and Trip Jordy. Dudes and Kimonos versus Fodder and August Artois. Angelica Risk versus Kayla Rossi with Diamond Sheep. Parker Lee takes on Khan. Ernest the Cat Miller versus the bartender Victor Rawl. Diamond Sheik and Jameson Ryan versus Luther and Hunter Knott. Championship Wrestling in Atlanta, Georgia, Sunday, September 18th. Get your tickets now. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction. All right, guys, so there are lots of lists that are floating around, but perhaps the most revered list is the annual PWI 500 list. Now, PWI, of course, being Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the magazine that has long time been recognized as the authority in pro wrestling. This magazine has just done so many things for so many careers. It predates the Internet and 
prior to the internet was the primary source of information and news regarding all things pro wrestling. Even back in the territory days and the like, Pro Wrestling Illustrated was the spot. Their claim to fame for years was their year-end awards where, again, people got to vote and the like, and we really got to see what this industry looked like. Well, now somewhat taking that place is the PWI 500. So let me just kind of run through some of the criteria for this. So the evaluation period for the PWI 500 is ranging from July 1st, 2021 to June the 30th, 2022. So a full calendar year, and it is evaluating what wrestlers did during that period. Here are the primary criteria. In-ring achievement, which includes a win-loss record, championships, and tournaments won. Influence, which includes visibility and prestige within a promotion and or the industry. Technical ability, which speaks to the quality of moves, matches, and ring psychology. Competition, which involves success against the most varied and high-quality opponents available. And activity. So to be included in this, you needed a minimum of 10 matches total or six matches in separate months. So the ranking committee involved several members of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated staff, which includes Al Castle, Brian Solomon, Harry Burkett, Righteous Reg, Kristen Ashley, Candice Cordia, who happens to be a friend of mine. Shout out to her. So proud of her being involved in PWI. And Kevin McElvany. Now, the list does indeed prioritize success in singles competition and in vying for heavyweights, singles, accolades and to a lesser extent those in lower weight classes so it does obviously look at specifically activity for singles championships so again it's the pwi 500 so it's got 500 wrestlers here i'm not going to go through all 500 of them but i am going to at least go through the top 10 and then talk about some notable moments as well and so with that said at number 10 this year it's Jonathan Gresham, who interestingly enough came in at number 20 for last year's PWI. So this is indeed his highest ranking. Congratulations to him. Believe it or not, he is a 17-year pro who had a huge year, which included winning the Ring of Honor World Championship in ROH's final battle before they went on hiatus back in December of 2021. He also captured the Progress Championship by defeating Cara Noir on March the 20th in a title for title match in London. And then he won the WXW prestigious 16-karat gold tournament as well. So he had quite the year. He also developed his own promotion known as Terminus. Yeah, he did quite a bit in the year. Now, of course, getting toward the end of that year, we're really right after the evaluation period, which would be July of 2022. He lost the Ring of Honor World Championship, got into a very heated debate with Tony Khan. At one point, he really wiped away his Twitter and social media presence. Seems as though he may have stopped Terminus. He does not want to be a part of AEW and Ring of Honor. So it's very interesting to see what the future for Jonathan Gresham looks like. But one thing we can say, he did come in at number 10 on the PWI 500. Number nine this year is Big E. And this is his highest ranking as well he came in last year at number 13 and of course he had a big year he won the money in the bank 
ladder match and went in to cash it in. Ironically enough, a year ago yesterday, September the 13th, 2021, such a big and beautiful night that was for Big E becoming the WWE champion. He would go on to have successful title defenses against Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and several others. And then he would unfortunately lose the title at the day one pay-per-view at the top of this year and unfortunately suffered a horrific neck injury prior to WrestleMania and he is still on the shelf but he had an incredible year so Big E comes in at number nine number eight on the list it's El Hijo del Vikingo now he was number 42 last year and he is doing some big big things in the triple a world so he won a five-way match during this period where he defeated Bandito Bobby Fish, Jay Lethal, and Samurai Del Sol to win the vacant AAA Mega Championship back in December at Triple Mania. He's also done some pretty incredible things, which included winning the Crash Heavyweight Championship from Bandito in a four-way match that included Willie Mack and Dragon Lee. He defeated John Hennigan, also known as John Superstar, and retained the Mega Championship back in February. He defeated Aramis to keep the AAA Mega Championship at MLW's Underground TV taping, as well as defeating Flip Gordon. So he had a pretty significant year for sure. Shout out to him big time. And it really speaks a lot to, again, the international flair found on the PWI 500 this year. Number seven is Brian Danielson. Last year, he was number 36. It's his fourth highest ranking in his career. Now, again, all that happened during this particular period included him joining AEW at All Out 2021, had an amazing 30-minute draw with Kenny Omega when Kenny Omega was the AEW World Champion, and that was his first match in AEW at Dynamite Grand Slam last year in New York City. He had quite the series with Adam Page. He had a big 60-minute draw and then another incredible match there. Had a huge match against Minoru Suzuki, became part of the Blackpool Combat Club, and just one of the most influential figures in all of AEW. Shout out to Brian Danielson, who is right now in the AEW World Title Tournament, and I believe will be the next AEW World Champion. Comes in at number seven on the PWI 500. Number six. It's Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes came in at number 11 last year on this countdown, and this is his highest ranking in his career at number six. So obviously some big things happened for him. TNT championship win. So during this period, he handed Malachi Black his first loss in AEW. That was back on October the 23rd. He won a big time street fight against Andrade El Idolo back in December on Dynamite. Defeated Sammy Guevara at the top of this year to become the TNT champion for the third time. And then of course, the big news at the top of the year, leaving AEW in February to join the WWE and debut at WrestleMania where he defeated Seth Rollins and then who can forget Hell in a Cell him fighting through a torn pectoral muscle to defeat Seth Rollins in an amazing third match of their trilogy 
Oh, man. Cody Rhodes, easily one of the most popular superstars in all of WWE. That move from AEW to WWE was massive. Nobody ever saw it coming, like for real, for real. So congratulations. Cody Rhodes, number six on the PWI 500. Number five, Bobby Lashley. Lashley came in at number three last year. Big, big, and I do mean big year for Lashley. Lashley would win the WWE Championship for a second time this year at the Royal Rumble, defeating Brock Lesnar in their only encounter in pro wrestling, which is incredible when you think about that. On top of that, he dealt Omos his first pinfall loss at WrestleMania. He also, during this period, defeated Goldberg as WWE Champion. He defeated Randy Orton as well, but then would lose that title in September on that particular night to Big E when Big E would cash in the WWE Championship. And then he has come back and continued to do incredible things. So Bobby Lashley remaining at the top of his game, number five, on the PWI Top 500. Number four, Hangman Adam Page. He was number 34 last year on the countdown, and this is by far his highest ranking. Congratulations to him. He became a world champion at Full Gear, where he defeated Kenny Omega. He would then have an incredible set of defenses, including great matches against Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. Lance Archer, he did quite a bit during this year, so congratulations to Adam Page. He would lose the championship at double or nothing against CM Punk, and yeah, that story is still being written given all that's been happening in AEW, but without question, it has been the biggest year of the career of Hangman Adam Page, coming in at number four on the PWI Top 500. Number three is the man who beat Adam Page for the AEW World Championship, CM Punk. CM Punk has not been ranked in the PWI 500 since 2013, and in 2013, he was number two. So obviously, a lot happened in this period, including his return to pro wrestling in AEW. That happened Last summer, in what many are dubbing the Summer of Punk, he made his AEW in-ring debut at All Out last year by defeating Darby Allin. He defeated Powerhouse Hobbs at the AEW Grand Slam event back in September of last year. He went on to defeat Eddie Kingston at Full Gear in a very personal match, handed MJF a big defeat at AEW Revolution, and then, of course, defeats Hangman Adam Page at double or nothing to become the new AEW world champion. Now, shortly thereafter, he would relinquish the championship due to injury. We'd have a new champion crowned at AEW's Forbidden Door pay-per-view, which was John Moxley. And then, of course, we know some of what has happened now. I think all of that will factor into next year's PWI 500. But for this year, CM Punk is number three. Number two on this list is the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, who was number 25 on this list last year. His highest ranking was in 2017, where he was number one. And he's had some big, big moments, huge moments, to say the least, including 
winning the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom this year against Shingo Tagaki. He successfully defended the next night against Will Ospreay in an incredible match, won the G1 Climax Tournament in 2021. He beat Zack Sabre to retain the title in April of this year. And we can't even count the fact that he actually won the G1 again this year. That happened right as the evaluation period expired. That happened in July. So I'm sure we'll be talking more about Kazuchika Okada in 2023. But yeah, he's number two in the PWI 500. And that means the number one man in 2022 for the PWI 500 He's the tribal chief, folks. You've got to acknowledge him. He is the one and only Roman Reigns, who oddly enough was number two last year. And the last time he had a number one ranking was in 2016. What a year. He's been world champion this entire time, defeated Brock Lesnar multiple times this year, including to unify the World and Universal Championships on April the 3rd. He would defeat John Cena last year at SummerSlam, defeated Goldberg, defeated Finn Balor, defeated Big E. What hasn't the Tribal Chief done. I think it's a runaway. He's absolutely the number one wrestler of this year. Nobody can stop him. Currently in the middle of over 735 days as your WWE Universal Champion. Who can stop him? Nobody. And that's why Roman Reigns is number one on the PWI 500 list. Now, there are a lot of other amazing moments here on this list, and we'll probably dig into more of them Uh, throughout the week one of the big ones is John Moxley's at number 12 but number 13 is Matt Cardona in this last year he won the GCW championship the impact digital media championship and the NWA world championship last year Cardona was ranked number 297 this year he's number 13 big shouts to him And a personal favorite, big shouts to AC Mack. We've actually had him on the podcast earlier this year. He had an unbelievable year. He's number 25. He became the first openly gay man to win a world championship when he won the IWTV World Championship. He is an SHW standout participating in the very first SHW matchup back in 2018. He's a former SHW champion. He was just at SHW this past Friday defending the IWTV World Champion. AC Mack is that guy, and he is number 25 on the PWI 500 list. Last year, he was number 272. Don't tell me that a year doesn't make a difference. Congratulations to him. Again, we're going to dig more into the PWI 500 throughout the week, but I wanted to give you your first look at the PWI 500, one of the most respected and trusted lists in all of pro wrestling. Let me know your thoughts on this year's PWI 500 as well. And again, tonight, AEW Dynamite will know more about the World Championship Tournament and more about what AEW looks like post CM Punk, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega as they are all currently suspended because of that media scrum from a week and a half ago. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I lead my 